You know, when the La Crosse Police Department on a weekly basis keeps breaking records for the amount of pounds of fentanyl and meth that they keep finding, that tells you something. And it also tells you about what our county priorities are. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fia. Welcome to another edition of Fact Check. Fact Check is your only dependable source of state and local news from a conservative perspective. We've hit another milestone. The La Crosse Police Department announced on June 8th that it had seized over a million dollars in illegal drugs as well as a rifle and four handguns. Once again, we see that a convicted felon has been arrested in possession of firearms. Bill, what is going on? Well, that's right, Jen. We've been hearing a lot lately about restricting law-abiding citizens' right to bear arms. But once again, we see that criminals don't care about the law. Today's guest has been following many cases over the last few years in which convicted felons are being arrested with firearms and La Crosse County judges are releasing them with little or no bail. Welcome back, former La Crosse Assistant Police Chief Rob Abraham. Rob, you retired after 31 years of service last spring. Again, thank you for that service. You spoke about rising gun violence in the January 18th edition of Fact Check and the failure of the La Crosse County judges to follow federal sentencing guidelines. Often they have released convicted felons who are arrested with firearms back into our community with little or no bail. What does federal law say about sentencing felons who are arrested in possession of a firearm? Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, there is a difference between the state system and the federal system and and, and the, the federal system has mandatory minimum prison sentences for felons who are in possession of firearms. And what what we're seeing a lot locally here is when cases are prosecuted at the county level, they're certainly not receiving that type of prison sentence. A lot of times I've seen cases where they're getting probation, uh, where the charge is dismissed but read in. uh, and And in certain cases, I've seen them where they've been fined. I've also seen situations where they've been found guilty and still sentenced to probation. So there is a drastic difference between how the the federal system treats armed felons who continue to commit crimes and the way La Crosse County treats those armed felons. Are there any cases that come to mind, examples that you can share? Yeah, I have a, I have a good example that I can remember, and it was involved a shooting on downtown La Crosse here. Um, it was late night. Uh, an individual fired several rounds into a crowd at, and, and actually did strike an individual. Um, we were able to make that arrest. The La Crosse Police Department made that arrest. And that person was handled through the circuit court system, so our local system. The reason why it didn't go to the federal system was I thought with the seriousness of the crime, it was attempted homicide. I mean, he, he struck an individual firing at him. thought for certain that, that there would be a lengthy prison sentence there. Uh, and in the end, uh, Judge Elliot Levine gave that individual a probation sentence. Even that individual thought he was going to go to prison. He was on his Facebook page basically saying his goodbyes to everybody because he had to appear in court for his sentencing. And, and lo and behold, even to his surprise, he got probation. That's so, crazy. Yeah. And now to compare that to the individual who he shot, that individual uh, a couple weeks later was downtown and uh, he fired a gun in the air. Uh, and that was, I think, kind of a retaliation for, for him being shot. Um, we were able to locate him, arrest him, and he was also a felon. We presented that case to the feds. They took that case. And that individual received a five-year mandatory minimum prison sentence. So you had two individuals involved in 
basically the same case. Uh, one was a victim of the other, and the, the person handled in the, in the uh, local system received, you know, a probationary sentence, and, and the person who was shot and then fired around in the air went to federal prison. Incredible. This time seems to be a little different with this million-dollar drug bust that, that just occurred. Judge Todd Burke has set bail at a million dollars. Uh, let's hope our judges are beginning to realize the damage to our community that results from not prosecuting these violent criminals. And so what this reminds me of is when I became a county supervisor back in 2010, I and another supervisor, Dan Ferries, went and met with the director of Health and Human Services uh, to find out what was going on with this new program called Justice Sanctions. And what people may remember is that we used to have a thing called the Huber Work Release Center. So people that were arrested uh, for, for drug and alcohol offenses would, would be given a term in the workhouse, is what we used to call it, and they could be released out to do work in the community. They had to come back at night. The interesting thing about this was this was a, actually a profit center for county government. The money that they made off of the vending machines in the workhouse, in the Huber Work Release Center, actually paid the full cost of that program. And what was interesting to me in my meeting with the the director of Health and Human Services back in uh, April of uh, 2010 was the fact that we found a line item in the budget where there was an $800,000 income. And I asked him, you know, was this a federal grant to create what is now called justice sanctions or drug court? And he said that it was. And so we went down this path where we went away from a policy of incarcerating people for these types of offenses to a, a approach that was treatment-based. So part of that was that we uh, mandated drug treatment for people that went to drug court, which as somebody who has a degree in psychology and I've studied addictive behavior, I can just tell you that forcing mandatory treatment is going to provide very little uh, in terms of a benefit but uh, the cost to taxpayers that, that year, 2010, was $3.3 million. So we went from this other system to this new system, which I'm sure is well-intentioned. They're trying to treat people with drug problems uh, in a different way other than incarceration. But uh, it seems to me like we've, we've gone too far with this. It's, it seems to me like there are no longer any consequences for people that... Uh, have these drug-related offenses in our community. And honestly, uh, I've had family members who have uh, had drug problems, and there were times where they were uh, arrested and put in jail, and we were happy about it. As a family, we knew that they were safe, that they were going to have an opportunity to change their behavior. So it, it seems to me that we've just gone uh, to a system here where there's no consequence for these types of drug-related crimes. And Rob, you were elected to the county board in April. Uh, you're now serving on the Judiciary and Law Committee. What can you tell us about how our judges are handling these drug-related crimes? You know, they're really across the board. And, you know, some judges are a little uh, more stringent. Uh, Judge Bjerke has seemed to, uh, you know, I, I always said um, refusing the Kool-Aid uh, because it seems like some of the judges really run in lockstep uh, where Judge Bjerke kind of uh, plays to his own drum. Um, and the 
the thing that, you know, with drug treatments, there are there should be a drastic difference between someone who is dealing drugs, similar to this guy with the million dollars worth of, of drugs, a lot of fentanyl in that, you know, and armed, he's a felon. You know, these are the type of individuals that do not deserve any sort of treatment court. They know exactly what they're doing, poisoning people with these drugs, making millions of dollars in profit off of it. These are the individuals where prison is is made for. The, you know, the, you're not going to rehabilitate this individual. You know, there are people who who get who get mixed up in drugs, and treatment can fix them. Fine, let's give them that opportunity. If time and time and time again we keep seeing these things over and over, there comes a point where you have to hold the person responsible for their actions. And we all have choices to make. And instead of blaming society uh, for everyone else's problems, let's start blaming the individual who's causing the problem. Recently, voters in San Francisco, of all places, recalled the district attorney who was soft on crime. What role does the district attorney's office play in these gun-related crimes? It's huge. Uh, You know, the way the district attorney um, office prosecutes crimes is important because it sends a message. And if we are constantly um, plea dealing um, felons with guns, if we're constantly dismissing but reading in, we're really not taking the seriousness of that crime. And, you know, I had a discussion uh, with an ADA about this and you know, they said, well, we'd rather get the, you know, the class B felony for possession of meth versus the uh, lower felony for the armed felon. And in La Crosse County, you just do not get a, a prison sentence for for possessing drugs or for even selling drugs. Uh, you know, it just seems that that just doesn't happen around here. You don't see those types of sentences. So everybody's on the same page that armed felons should not be treated with kid gloves. And if, if we can if we can put our foot down and just agree to that, I think that that would send a message to anyone wanting or you know even thinking twice about wanting to commit a crime here. If you're armed and you're a felon, um, you should you should have the fear that you're going to go to prison. That just seems like common sense to me. It does seem like common sense, but when you look at the sentences time and time and time again, you know armed felons coming in being released on signature bonds. Armed felons getting convicted and getting probation sentences. Armed felons getting convicted and receiving a $500 fine. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. So it seems to me like there's just been a huge increase in these gun-related crimes over the last few years. I remember moving to La Crosse 27 years ago, and there was nothing like this going on. How often are these types of crimes happening? Weekly, um, you know, you just you don't hear about a lot of them because, you know, unfortunately, you know, in in today's media market, there's just not enough uh, people out there covering the different stories, and and it also has to do with transparency. We we are shown what people think they want us to see. Back when I started in the police department in the early '90s, to have a shots fired call was a big deal. It didn't happen often. Now these are weekly occurrences. Mm-hmm. You know, the other day. Uh, you know, just saw in the newspaper today and, and on, on the, heard on the radio, an individual uh, was up on the north side firing off about 20 rounds. Armed felon, uh, once again, up on the north side, just randomly firing multiple rounds. You know, and this happens around the city. You know, law enforcement had been ringing this bell for a few years and we really weren't getting a lot of notice. But I think now with, you know, this recent homicide of this young teenager, uh, you know, these are all 
situations that just keep culminating because, in, in my opinion, the lack of accountability. And just for the audience's benefit, that was a 15-year-old kid at Logan High School who was shot? Is that right? 17. 17. Uh, my, my understanding is a 17-year-old. Wow. That's horrible. It strikes me that liberals in our county government really haven't learned anything. Uh, this last uh, election cycle, how the handling of these types of crimes in our, in our county government was, was a big topic. Uh, we've done a lot of shows about the people who have been appointed to serve on this new police oversight board, and we're still waiting to see what the most recent uh, committee that's been formed is going to come back with to us. But uh, I think that uh, you can really see that that the direction is not changing. There's an incredible arrogance amongst the liberals who are running our county government, and that was evident at the April organizational meeting in which Andrew Alvaro Rasmussen was appointed to the Criminal Justice Management Council for three years on an 18 to 11 vote. And uh, one of the uh, recently elected conservative supervisors told me about this situation. So I went in and I actually found his profile on LinkedIn. And here's his quote, Community organizing and advocacy efforts in the Three Rivers area assisted me in building rapport and trust with populations disproportionately affected by the criminal justice system and other systems of oppression. Uh, He's also uh, lists waking up uh, white as one of his uh, affiliations. So what we see here, once again, is somebody who isn't siding with law enforcement. He's saying that the law enforcement and criminal justice system in our county is a system of oppression. And to me, that just is tragic. It's tragic that the people that are running our county government continue to appoint people who who uh, have this bias against law enforcement when I think most of the people who live here can see that this is a situation that has been growing worse over years. This isn't about race. This is about uh, enforcing the laws uh, that are there in place to protect our community. Do residents feel safer today than they did 15, 20 years ago? I don't think so. I can't imagine how anybody, if, if we, maybe we'll do a, a poll on this, but, but I can't imagine how anybody could say that they feel safer today. And we had another incident in our neighborhood. I live in the city of La Crosse. This just happened uh, a couple days ago. And uh, there's a guy uh, acting uh, very strangely in our neighborhood and uh, he's frightening the moms in the neighborhood. Uh, I get a phone call from one of the neighbor ladies asking me to go outside and see what's going on. And uh, so this guy is is basically, it looked to me like he was casing out the houses in the, the neighborhood. Uh, listeners of the show know that we've had robberies, vehicles stolen, all this stuff really ramped up in the last couple of years. And uh, so anyway, um, he, I, I go out to talk to him. He, he becomes aggressive with me, starts, um, you know, spewing obscenities. Uh, the neighbor lady calls the police, and he's arrested for a uh, parole violation, which I'm assuming is going to be disorderly conduct. But the situation, I, I took a deeper look into this. I went to the Wisconsin CCAP system to find out who is this guy, and The CCAP system tells a pretty eloquent story. This is a guy who's been in the circuit court system. There's 31 records 
dating back to 2005. And there are close to a dozen records just in the year 2021. So where where has he been uh, you know, hauled up before the judge? Well, he's been hauled up before the judge in Grant County, Vernon County, Crawford County, Richland County, and now it appears that he's been dumped on our doorstep here in La Crosse. And, and just so people have a flavor for who this guy is, uh, these are just some of his offenses in 2021. Criminal damage to property, bail jumping, uh, no permanent address, 9-7-2021. So uh, there's your, your connection to the homeless problem here in La Crosse. I think that's probably a pretty good indication uh, of what I said earlier, that that this guy is now part of this homeless problem. Battery, uh, four more cases of bail jumping. This is all in 2021, by the way. Three counts of domestic abuse, disorderly conduct. Uh, those six, came, he came before uh, Judge Todd Berkey on those. Uh, negligent handling of burning material. That sounds like somebody who was uh, maybe had a fire down in Huska Park. Uh, resisting officer, bail jumping, and the most recent offenses in November, uh, possession of methamphetamine, drug paraphernalia, and once again, bail jumping. So this has now evolved into a case where we're basically inviting all these other counties' problems into La Crosse County. And what are we seeing? We're seeing these people who have drug problems who are resorting to burglary or robberies to fund their their uh, drug habit. And, and the consequence of this is, is that a lot of people aren't feeling safe in their homes. Do you have an opinion about this, Rob? You've been in law enforcement for 31 years. Do you have some thoughts you can share with us in closing about this problem? Well, yeah, I, you know, I, I certainly feel that in order for La Crosse County and the city of La Crosse to prosper, you have to be safe first and foremost, and your citizens have to feel safe first and foremost. That drives everything. That drives tourism. That drives uh, growth, businesses, and you know some of the policies uh, that we're operating under right now that pander to the criminals, that pander to um, the people who who are committing wrong in our community. That just encourages it. And you're right. You know when I was. A young patrol officer in the 90s, I thought that our community was much safer than it is today. You know, when the La Crosse Police Department on a weekly basis keeps breaking records for the amount of pounds of fentanyl and meth that they keep finding, that tells you something. Mm -hmm. And it also tells you about what our county priorities are. Instead of investing in trying to keep our community safe, we come up with committees to figure out if the police are doing something wrong. No one has even once come up with a reason why we have this 18 panel member, other than the fact that one idiot cop in Minneapolis did something incredibly wrong and stupid, but now somehow we need to have this 18 member panel and figure out how we can fix the police in La Crosse. When in reality, maybe we should be looking at how can we fix the criminals in lacrosse and prevent crimes in lacrosse and and come up with solutions that way to make our community safer i think if you did a poll and said who do you think is going to hurt you the police or a criminal i think uh you know the the people who are putting together some of these committees might see a different perspective from the community 
people don't fear the police in the city of La Crosse. And if you do fear the police, it's because you're a criminal. Because you're doing something wrong. Right. Right. Um, and, and certainly the criminals aren't even fearing the police at this point because they know, you know, you read how many charges of bail jumping. Bail jumping in La Crosse County means absolutely nothing. And the criminals know that they can just keep going out, keep getting rid. The reason why you see continuous bail jumping charges is because they never get locked up. They just sit out there and continue to commit more crimes. Rob Abraham, thank you so much for coming and giving us the benefit of your many years of service in law enforcement in our community. Uh, I, I thank you for that. And I'm just going to speak directly to our fact check listeners. Folks, you had an opportunity in April to vote people into our county government who would have changed these policies. And here's the sad story. Too many people that agree with the opinions expressed today didn't show up to vote. And we're going to have elections for judges in La Crosse County. And the question is, I don't care if you're a Democrat, you have to look at these problems and say, what is the right response in our local government? Too many times people just vote down party lines. It's time for the people of La Crosse County to take a stand. Let's take an interest in these elections for judges and local offices, and let's change the policies. I I hate to see our community uh, further degraded, where, as as Rob said, we're having weekly gun violence in the city of La Crosse. It has to stop. Ultimately, you're the people who are in control. Take an interest in these local races. Show up and vote. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this was another episode of Fact Check. Fact Check, your only dependable source of state and local news from a conservative perspective. We invite you to join the conversation on our Facebook group, Fact Check Wisdom with Bill Fian, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.